So, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Spiritual Gangster Certified. I am sorry for the delay, technical difficulties, yeah, Mercury Retrograde has definitely kicked me in the butt, <laughs> technological-wise. So, this was originally recorded with me and the Renaissance Mystic for the full moon lunar eclipse in Capricorn. Those energies are prevalent for six months, so I don't feel as though it is too late to get this up and out there. Um, We also pulled cards for the collective and the elements. Um, I also want to kind of let everybody know at the end of the segments with the Renaissance Mystic, I have something that I want to talk about, but I wanted to issue a trigger warning because I know a lot of people um, may not be able to handle what is contained within that particular segment. So the very last segment of this episode, if you are triggered by any type of talk about sexual abuse, um, just, just know you may not want to listen to it. But we'll have technically two episodes this week. We just entered Leo season. Everything else that is recorded within this particular episode was done during cancer season. But I thank you guys for tuning in. Stay tuned. Okay, so happy full moon lunar eclipse, everybody. It's another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. I'm your host, Billy Bish. I am here with the Renaissance Mystic, and again, we are in nature, as we turn three, because that's what we do. Yes. (laughs) And we're really just going to follow spirit, really take in the vibe of today, and there's really nothing even planned planned. There's a few things that came to mind while I'm looking at the chart for this eclipse that I'll talk about, and... We'll just dig in from there, people, okay? So, um, just a reminder to everybody, a full moon occurs when the moon is in opposition to the sun. So, the sun's in Cancer, the moon um, joins it at 24 degrees in Capricorn. And what that really gives us is a look at the Cancer-Capricorn axis, So a general theme for right now and also to go out six months because the eclipses activate like six month cycles is your private home life, your comfort level, how you feel nurtured and secure versus how you're known in public, your career, work. That is the Cancer Capricorn axis. And with everything, um, if we're going by the law of polarity, which applies to astrology as well, you definitely need to pay attention to the opposite of things because opposite energies are just the same energies at different poles. Yes. So Cancer and Capricorn, different as they may be, same energy, Yep. different poles. Absolutely. Yes. It's the yin to the yang, Mm -hmm. you know. And no matter what you say, (laughs) 
especially like I noticed a lot of either sun, moon, rising caps or cancers have interesting ideas of uh, the opposing sign. I mean, yes, of course. I, not I, nice ones. <laughs> yeah, they're not nice. Um, I, you know, I know people who date cancers who are like, oh, I hate Capricorns. And then they hate cancers at the same time, too, because, you know, uh, it, it's the ego. The ego does a hell of a thing when, when, for some reason, when you're a cancer son. I guess maybe cancer moves could be equally as difficult. But I think the, the having a cancer sun is like, well, the moon rules that sign. So it's yeah. like you have that that polarity there too where the uh, a sign ruled by the moon is in the position of your sun it's yeah. just it's so interesting that placement because i've noticed that they have difficulty recognizing or acknowledging when they're doing something that could potentially be offensive or manipulative yes all the shadow cancer yeah. stuff so, you figure, I always say that the sun shines a light on stuff. Yeah. So, that's what why I get what you're saying about, yes. like, you're like, uh, you don't see that shit, do you? The light's shining. Yeah, you like, you don't see it. So, it makes me, it's really interesting because I was thinking of the fact that, you know, since cancer is associated with feminine energy and we're technically still in cancer season with the sun there, you know, and also the north node is in cancer, slightly conjunct the sun by a few degrees. And Venus is in Cancer. So there's heavy Cancerian energy, but there's equally as heavy Capricorn energy. Yes, there is. Right now, with Saturn there, conjunct the South Node, conjunct Pluto, conjunct the Moon. All those things touching. So conjunctions are planets working together, okay? They're all working together in the same energy. The planets still mean what they mean, but them working in the same energy promotes an air of like um sort of like a conflict of interest at times because they we, agree but they, they work agree but they work differently and the themes of capricorn of course just as a reminder since the moon is in capricorn and that's today's the full moon and which is a culmination of things i know a lot of people release and i'm not saying you should release but if you look at full moons as culminations then you'll look at the times where the moon wasn't full as the moon up to the culmination. Yeah. So that should appropriately direct you with your energy work. Um, a lot of people are so busy trying to use the full moon energy to for manifest. something new. Yeah. And I really... That's what new moons are for, to, to invite I mean, new energies in a a full moon for something new but what's making me pause on that is the fact first of all Saturn's retrograde Pluto's retrograde in Capricorn now listen I would not try to manifest during that Saturn's going back over Pluto's going back over themes that we've already covered there should be things coming back up Saturn is a master manifester Saturn makes things real Saturn is Represented in Capricorn energy by the devil card. People make deals with the devil because he can give them materially what they want. So, when you think about it this way, this energy is moving back over areas with the retrograde that we've already covered. So that means things that have come up previously before they were retrograde are coming back up. And I wish I had the exact degrees, but I forgot to 
kind of like record that. Oh yeah. For the most part. So, um, I would say we we're needing to strike a balance between structure and emotional comfort. If you use oppositions wrong, you live at extremes. So you're either too structured or have no structure at all. Or you're either too emotional about things or you're suppressing or repressing emotions. We also have to remember the fact that right now, on top of those two big difficult planets being retrograde, Jupiter's retrograde in Sagittarius, which honestly is an amazing opportunity to find blessings within. Like, seriously. Yeah. But then Chiron's retrograde in Aries, which I call um, (laughs) the wounded alchemist healer. Because when Chiron was in Pisces for all of them years, I feel like everybody was dealing with the sobbiest of unconscious bullshit ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Chiron went into Aries, I feel like the air is different. You're being called on to take initiative for your own healing. Yeah, it's definitely a call to take some fucking responsibility. Yes. Like, it is... Yes, warrior to that shit. Warrior energy, like Mars energy, that shit. Mars isn't going to sit there and cry about it. Mars is going to do something. He's going to do something. So that's what we're called on. And he's tactical. Like, you have to... You have to be able to read your own energy enough to know what you need to do in each moment and sometimes not feeling like you have something to do is the thing that you need to do Aries energy also needs to understand that too and Um, that brings up another axis that's good the Aries Libra axis if you know your energy how do you know the energy of your opponent you slide down to Libra and you can only do so when you realize that these energies are opposites of each other, but literally the same things, just working differently. So we also, lastly, have um, Neptune retrograde. Yes, we do. Uh, Neptune retrograde, as we said. Sorry, to bring this up before. It's like taking the rose-colored glasses off. Neptune working in its function, moving forward, will cast the fog over things. So that fog's kind of lifting. So with the energy of that, plus we're at a full moon eclipse, which is really, yes, it's a culmination of some sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also ending things for a lot of people. A lot of people. And the chart for this is actually pretty damn amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It really is. The moon, as I pulled this chart um, from a Philadelphia perspective, is conjunct Pluto in the second house. When I think of the second house, yes, we all think of money. And Capricorn likes money, so that energy being there, it's like, hey. But the second house is ruled by Taurus. Taurus wants to kind of stay and stick and be very... trying to think of the name, that the word that I want to use. Sedentary. Well, it wants to be sedentary, but it wants to luxury. Yes. (laughs) Everything is is a refresher. I have to refresh and rejuvenate. I have to rejuvenate from rejuvenating. I mean, like... <laughs> I need to take a rest from resting. I need resting. to take a rest from resting. At least the, I can be that extra sometimes. So, like, I I get it. I get it. Now, this Capricorn energy in the second house would speak to the fact that Capricorn energy is cardinal earth. So, it wants to get it wants things to work. started. It wants to work. It wants to do something. 
But the second house, aside from material value and the money that you earn, also represents your self-worth. So heavy themes coming up, I feel with this eclipse, you're going to have to release some patterns of thinking about yourself that don't serve you. And I hate saying that because everybody says it. But on top of that, that have been destructive, you're going to be forced to face them whether you like them or not, because Pluto is interacting here within three degrees of this moon. And Pluto, what did we say yesterday? Don't come to play. Pluto came to fuck shit up. Yeah. (laughs) Pluto did not come to tiptoe around things. It came to drop a house down on top of you. Hi, Dorothy. And then, you know, like, even if they do that and you still choose to have your blinders on, well, Neptune is stripping you of every one of your, your blinders, every one of your filters, keeping you from taking full responsibility for what you have created. If something is not working with somebody, you will no longer be able to pretend anymore. You will find it increasingly difficult. Yes. I thought I was dealing with this properly. Well, um, you were, but that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be doing this thing for the rest of your life. You're not supposed to be in this topsy-turvy sort of, uh, you know, uneven energy situations where we're we always feel as if we're giving more and we're not getting back in return we're being we're being forced to like cast those people away and and really start to cultivate our own energy and be be self-sufficient in unconditional love and and knowing that we are amazing and that's hard i get it that's really hard and it's going to be easier for some people than others um, I don't know if everybody is going to be able to, to get there, but the goal should be to attempt. Yes. The goal should be to attempt to want to be better. Not everybody's, you know, karma or dharma this time around is is to become enlightened. It, it very seldom happens where there's like a mass enlightenment. I, I can't recall a time when that happened. When is it happening? I, I want to know. Yeah, I, I'd really love to know. So, <laughs> so we might not all get there at the same time, but that should be the goal that we strive for, is to just be more compassionate, empathetic, and understanding human beings. And honestly, the biggest component of compassion and, and understanding is simply just seeing things for what it is. Reduce it down to its lowest common form. Mm-hmm. Why am I experiencing this thing? How, how is this energy just like this seemingly oppressive energy that's standing in front of me? How are we similar? How how you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and that's for me what it's all about. It's all about seeing myself and other people, even when it's almost damn near impossible for me to. There's a connection that we all have, regardless of whether or not we want to admit it. That even allows for us to be able to see ourselves and other people, even when it's easy. But when it's hard, when it's hard. We it's resist hard. like a motherfucker. And right now, because there's Capricornian-esque air to deeper transformation of our self-worth and how we feel emotionally about ourselves. And then the fact that Neptune is working with the South Node, which is in Capricorn, that is very karmic energy there are some things and that is being aspected because the south node is in the first house of this chart so what i get from that is you guys need to really strip yourself of the illusions because neptune is 
pulling back the rose-colored light of yourself, whatever those illusions are. And also Saturn in Capricorn is in the first house and it's retrograde. And as I always said, just Saturn being at home in Capricorn, you got to work in integrity. So that says to me, whatever part of yourself you're starting to see that's not integrous, that you're starting to strip all these illusions of yourself because Neptune retrograde's doing that. Yep. That'll transform, force you to face that dark shit, that Pluto, mm-hmm. all those senses of worth that you have askew. Yes. Just all askew. And we can't all act like, oh, well, if things are going great for you right now, not saying that's impossible, that you don't have things to look at. Even, yeah, even if things are going swimmingly for you, there's there's probably a reformation of some kind that you that you have to begin to really traverse through because mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm looking at my relationships to people like what is my relationship to people why why do I not feel secure with the people who are supposed to care the most about me yeah. or why is it that those who care the most about me seem to cause me you know anxiety or fear or ju- or you know cast judgment upon me at all times so it's like ye- are people being integritous with you are they being integritous with themselves what are they doing and is does it benefit you in any way other than to see yourself right cuz seeing your reflection is the most important part so if if there's anything else you need to learn other than your reflection you need to figure it out why are we together? Why are we being faced with this? Why why have I been, um, you know, put into a family where I don't feel supported or loved or anything like that? And, of course, it's just to give it to yourself, but there's always more to it. Of course, my computer starts making noise. Sorry, interrupting my podcast. <laughs> anyway, but go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, it's all good. I think that was the negative energies. They like, to, they, didn't like, they, like, they like to pop up when you're saying something important. And then it's from, it's calling my Google voice number, which is usually somebody trying to scam me. It's calling from some call center somewhere like far away. So look at that. That right there <laughs> is an opposition of energy. Yeah. Because we're standing for the light and purity and they stand for taking advantage of people and, you know, um negative shit yep and see i didn't let it work no and we just ignore it it shouldn't create a sense of anxiety oh my god what do these people want from me not a thing not I, a thing they're I not getting my that energy number. Mm-hmm. they keep leaving me weird messages i don't know yep they're not getting my energy nope. so it's really important to just not if some if some situation event or or dynamic is not working for you anymore just figure out why you're being faced with it See what it is that you need to see and just radically accept it. Just be like, okay, this is this is what I created. I co-created this situation with myself and others. And and this is why we are in in this in this mess. I also feel because of the energy going on in the seventh house in, in this full moon chart, which basically is the North Node in Cancer at 17 degrees. Venus in Cancer at 16 degrees, so they're working to, together really closely. But then the part, the, the transiting part of Fortune is in Gemini in the 7th house. So, what I'm getting from this is, 
she just said a moment ago, you know, you're co-creating experiences with people. And if you've got to figure out when enough is enough in situations dealing with other people, you can use the energy that this full moon is presenting with the North Node conjunct Venus, which the North Node in Cancer, I feel like, is already trying to call all of us into our emotional comfort and feeling safe and secure because, you know, a crab is in a shell yeah. with claws and, you know, ready to protect itself. So it wants to feel safe. With Venus in Cancer, which I like Venus in Cancer energy because you're you're deriving a strong sense of an emotional tie to your appreciation of love and beauty, to that expression in the world, to aesthetics. It's a feel and you are intuitively like more connected into what's beautiful. So when that's hitting the north node, which is about what we're supposed to be doing, where we're supposed to be going and striving for, it's like there's this sense of if, and it's in the seventh house of relationships, Mm -hmm. one-to-one relationships. So there's this sense of, you know what? (laughs) If you're not making me feel emotionally secure or comfortable, are we destined to go any further than here? Now remember, the seventh house, though about relationships, is not just romantic relationships it's one-to-one partnerships so it could be work (laughs) yep you know uh, activities related you know you could you could share um a hobby or some you know you might run events with people that are not necessarily your job but something you do you know for fun out of the goodness of your heart or like fundraising or you know things like that like you have to reevaluate all of your your connections. Yes. Especially if there's any strife or the, there's just this eerie feeling like what is off? Like what is wrong? You really have to do what I call your energetic forensics. Hmm. And you got to figure it out because otherwise you're just you're going to meet that same energy in other people and you're going to continuously subconsciously uh <laughs> create that pattern. Because the seventh house is about who we attract to us. It is also known as the house of open enemies. Whereas your 12th house is the house of hidden enemies. Mm. It's weird because if anybody like really thinks of their chart and we're both Libra risings here. So Aries is on our seventh house. And I remember like being younger and like a lot of the boys that I talked to or wound up being in relationships with had this Aries energy falling right in my seventh house. Or people that have been important to me. Aries moon or some other placement that goes there. Now, I also wanted to say, because this is the house of open enemies, it really does behoove you to think about how you feel about people with this cancer energy there. Because the thing about it is, we'll talk ourselves out of shit all the time because you don't don't either want to think something or believe it about a person or because you've idealized them in some way and Neptune's here to say retrograde. <laughs> oh no. no, you no, can no, cut no. that shit out. You cut that shit out right now. Cut like, it out right now. No rose-colored glasses with that. And that's working also with the energy. That energy is it's freaking trining this Venus and North Node and Cancer energy. 
in the seventh house. So, and that's working with third house energy. So, another thing that I'm picking up from here is your emotions may be experienced more on a feeling level than a thinking level. Because again, we've let our minds kind of, you know, take over. I don't want to be all in my... Do you, I just said this. Do you remember before all those years when nobody wanted to care? And then it's yeah, like... Yeah, like, fuck your feelings. It's fuck a re- feelings. Yeah, it's like, a resurgence of this, I feel, yeah. lately. It, it is. It is. And actually, it's it's just... It's the same energy rebranded. Right? I yeah. think it. I think it exists in the positive vibes only movement. Where it's like... I'm not going to entertain what it is that you have to say because it makes me feel adversely. So I'm just going to cut you out rather than hearing you out. So we cut out feelings. So we cut out, we're out here cutting out feelings still and disguising it as positivity. That's spiritual emotional bypassing. Oh yes. That's what the fuck that is. I hate spiritual bypassing. So listen, listen. Again, I'm going back to Pluto over here in Capricorn. And just for one moment, I was talking about this for the past couple days. Mm-hmm. Please, if you know your birth chart, I want you to go back to 2008 when Pluto went into Capricorn. It's going to be there until 2023. So it's a long transit. Pluto started going into Capricorn in my third house. And once it hit my fourth, I've moved so many times, it's not even funny. <coughs> it upset structure. It said, I came to destroy and rebuild. Like, And you're going to like it. Yes. So when I was thinking about that energy, I'm thinking about as a whole, especially when it retrograde. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just like, okay, I'm going to move back over some stuff you guys thought was probably the end. <laughs> like, you know how you dig and you're like, oh, oh, I found that. Oh, wait, you got to dig further. But there's more. Like, you know, there's always more. Yep. So if you don't utilize this opportunity to take off those rose-colored glasses and start seeing yourself and analyzing yourself from a more realistic standpoint, you are denying yourself the ability to transform how you feel about yourself and what you're worthy of, and you're going to restrict growth. In essence, if you refuse to see yourself how you are right now, what I'm getting from this this chart is that Saturn working in the first house of self is kind of like, look, if you won't be honest, why do you deserve the spoils? That's right. You need to be honest. And you can get the spoils because Jupiter is retrograde in Sagittarius, where it freaking loves to be in the first house. The blessings that you can get yourself by being honest, seeing things for what they are, and then asking yourself, how do I feel about the way others treat me, yeah. about my relationships? And yeah. then, like, that that leaves a lot that a lot of people probably don't want to deal with. Like, let's be honest. And you know what? When, when I knew that all of this energy was fast approaching and these planets hadn't gone retrograde yet and, and obviously I wasn't even aware of the eclipses that were coming at that point either, which only added a whole nother fucking layer to everything, right? Because it is a celestial mess right now but it's it's serving its purpose it's very very intense up in the sky right now and and it's very very intense within us you know 
So <laughs> when I was looking into all of this, I'm like, all right, well, Pluto's forcing us to face our shadows and see where, you know, maybe we're, maybe we are exhibiting just as many shadows as all of the ones we feel that we are coming across. Right. Right. And then I feel like Saturn is dropping you into your heart space. Um, are you working in integrity? Are you working from the heart? Or is what you're doing of pure intent? Because pure intent is rewarded. Um, negative intent is, is usually always distorted or, or only manifested to a degree. You don't, right. you, you're not fully getting what it is that you're asking for. Um, and then Neptune is having you cast off the illusions. Like, is this really what you want? Right. Is what you're currently work, working for or dating or whatever, whatever your relationship to other people is, whatever your relationship to yourself is, is it fucking working? Yeah, are you getting those fucking rose-colored glasses yeah. pulled off? Are you off? taking are them you off? Looking? And are you trying to put them back on? No. And then Jupiter is allowing for all of this amazing expansion. And it's 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 such a powerful uh such a powerful wheel of energy we have here it, it is it, it but it's also very intense yes. as amazing as it is it is equally as intense so, it, so it, intense so if you're already of the faint of heart i can't imagine you're having a good time like i'm hearing increasing stories of suicides and like yes. suicides of public figures and and you know look at everything that's coming out with public figures so you have that whole Jeffrey Epstein thing going on and I've known about that for years and Mm -hmm. I've been working on sexual trauma and pedophilia energy and rape energy and incest energy for years and I'm seeing it finally come out like in the media and I'm like I work towards this like along with other people who look at this shit too but like I I I'm also responsible for this because I'm willing to see that it exists. That's a very scorpionic theme. Yeah. Um sexual abuse in any kind of way or power trips or any ways in which people are exerting unnecessary force over and onto others. Um, oh, that goes, oh, and I just thought of something else. See? That ties in with what you said. Exactly. So Pluto is going to destroy structures in Capricorn, and Capricorn energy rules government. Mm-hmm. It rules your public face. These things that are coming out, a lot of people, just like Renaissance Mystic is saying, and just because I know this too, just because when I decided to go down to, you know, through the rabbit hole of, yeah. you know, how the world is run, who's running it, what are they doing, yep. what, what's going on, all yep. the shadow shit. Mm-hmm. You know, that was stuff that I knew about. But structures have to be re- destroyed and rebuilt as well. So not even just on a personal level, if you look at everything that's going on right now, like, the sun's been basically opposing Pluto for a little while, okay? So the sun shines a light on things. So it's shining a light on Plutonian themes. Which are dense. Or they're denser in essence because they're of a more negative polarity. So we have the whole, well, what is Pluto? Sex, death, transformation, secrets, taboos. Possession. All that, yeah, scorpionic energy. What are the things that are coming out on a global scale? What are the different causes, movements, calls to action, I guess, you know, in social matters? Obsession, obsession over things that are negative, but not actually being able to 
think of something positive. So look at our political climate. Yeah. It's it's very negative and you have all these people telling you how to think and how to perceive things. Yes. All of which serve an agenda. Yes. So you truly have to like if you watch the news and you're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." You're probably not like seeing things correctly. Listen. Like it's it's likely completely opposite and far more disastrous than what you're thinking. Yes. And, and you know, this is just the show we're watching. We have to like remove energetically remove ourselves from it. And and watch it like you know you're at fucking Rockefeller Center or something, yeah, or you're yeah. at Radio City Music Hall, and like it's a show, it's a performance, and you take your energy back from it, and you can put that into yourself. Yes. Like, do you know how much how much energy you exert worrying about money and worrying about politics and worrying Fear. about immigrants and yes. worrying about sex trafficking and pedophilia and honestly. You don't have to worry about what exists outside of you. You just have to make sure it's not happening around you. And you need to know what you're looking and in you. And you need to know what the fuck that looks like. Because guess what? Family members are being outed. Yes. Okay? And people are having big problems with it because they're not willing to see it. So if you're not willing to see pedophilia and how it exists in your own family or how any sexual distortion energy exists in your family, like when family members sexualize the younger ones and it's like, well, what the fuck is your perspective? Right. Like, how are you sexualizing a teenager? Like, like, that's not your place to do so. Yes. It's your pr- it's your place to protect, not make note of how provocative she's being. For me, that's a sexual distortion. It means that your concern is coming from a place of guilt because that's how you're perceiving her. So that's why you're worried about other people perceiving her that way. So, like, that's a simplistic example of sexual distortion in family, you know? It's prevalent. It's, it's-, it's prevalent, yeah. And all of these things are coming up and you have to be willing to see it and be like, okay, I, I, I understand that it exists and I accept that, you know, we all agree to our interactions with people and we've had karma to repay and sometimes we end up repaying it in the most violent and vicious way and that's very Plutonian in nature. Um, sometimes our deaths aren't always pretty. No, when is destruction usually pretty? It's never pretty, no. So a lot of these, like, really sexually violent acts of aggression, I I once saw an article not too long ago, a woman left her, you know, top, like, one-year-old daughter in a hotel room with somebody, and he violently sexually assaulted the toddler. And it's like, I could get really upset about that, and I feel for the child, you know? But it's like, that has to exist because we have to exist, those who work opposite of that. It's like, it is the law of polarity. The the worst kind of shit has to exist because source doesn't deem it otherwise. It's our filters that go, this is bad. Oh my God, she's touching on a very big thing. So So go ahead. Oh my God, no, she's touching on a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Listen, the way that I've been able to reconcile existence and understand things is that I've put together a lot and of... And alchemize things. Yes, because I'll... Listen. Without alchemy, we would not be here. Nope. I can probably promise you that. So, there comes a point when you look at things, and this touches into something that can be seen as controversial, but, like, fuck it. We talk about things here. Right. Um... 
essentially the way that I look at God, if we just want to say, okay, well, what's your view of God? I feel like God is the source that we all come from, but the reason God is deemed omnipotent, omnipresent, is because we are all pieces of God experiencing itself. How the fuck else would God know what it was like to be me and someone else? And unless, so the, that peace and that connection, and that's what all unifies us together. However, this also ties into manifestation. It's something that people don't understand. If you are unable to reconcile things, you can't do alchemy. Because you're going to keep manifesting the same situation in different ways. And, and you're going to be bombarded with the same energy until you're just like, what the fuck is going on? You have to learn how to reconcile energy. So while we're sitting here talking about, yeah, I mean, even in my own family, and there's a segment that's going to come on after we talk, I'm trigger warning everybody in advance. If stories of sexual abuse, etc., trigger you, you do not have to listen to it. I just wanted to let people know it'll be a segment that I'm talking by myself. But in order to reconcile, learn how to alchemize, and honestly, from there, manifest, Mm -hmm. a person has to be able to see things for what they are and not throw a meaning into it. We are human beings who are meaning-making machines. Shout-outs to the Landmark Forum, even though Mm -hmm. I don't subscribe to, like, everything from it, but it helps. Shout-outs to my dad for introducing me to it and actually paying for me to do it. Oh, wow. Um, So I think that spawned something within me. Um, But also... Shout outs to Chartreuse, the Astro Floatus, because she I, she said something and I recognized that as landmark warm talk. And she was like, yes, but we're meaning making machines. So if we get stuck at one pole versus the other, so I could say to you that someone that does something exceptionally deviant is on the same pole as somebody, somebody exceptionally angelic. How do you go down the scale to get from one to the other or back up? Polarity, yeah. universal law, yes. sitting at poles. They're the opposite sides, but on the same spectrum. Yes. So they have to be able to be reconciled. It is universal law. Yeah. It is the way that we think about things. It is the way that we choose to make things mean what they need to mean for us to stay in whatever vibration we're choosing to stay in or to grow. Yes. Um, you know, you really got to pay attention to the fact that your thinking is key, like so key. If you're just going to get a, things like that, shouldn't happen. So and let's say you, you think like that. Yes. Okay? Yes. So if you think about it, because like symbolism came to mind when she's talking about negative and positive, like how can we visually describe a spiritual concept to you and that's why I love I love symbolism like I really do I love symbolism it's like so yes and again I made reference to the yin and yang symbol before but now she's talking about like how can something so good exist and something so bad not have a place right well if you look at the you know black portion of the yin yang symbol there's a white dot in it. Yeah. That means whatever energy is dominant, there's still a little bit of contrasting energy there. Yes. Right? Yep. So it's sort of like the trade-off point. Like, it, it's where the handoff of energy we can meet comes from. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
and you can channel it to do either the more negative thing or the positive thing. And then, of course, you look at the white side, and the white side has a black dot in it because yep. that's that trade-off of energy. That's there, that smaller concentration of the opposing energy there. So that's why even without bad, good wouldn't know it's fucking good. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Like what's there, good there would be no exam. Yeah, there would be no example without evil. With if everybody was evil. It wouldn't be perceived as evil. It would be a way of life. Everybody would just be that way. And everybody would just be that way. And yes, that would be chaotic, but they wouldn't know that things didn't have to be chaotic. Yep, and it's the same thing as everything was good. Yes. You wouldn't know everything was good. It wouldn't feel good to you. Right. There's no differentiator. It would be monotonous, and it's... Like it would be unfair to say, well, why, why wouldn't God just create us so that we, you know, we're all happy? And it's like, well, because it's a choice to make. Yeah. Like your lifetimes are mapped out by you prior to you incarnating, mm-hmm. and every lesson you fail to learn, every person you wronged, every person who's ever wronged you, you meet them again in various situations with the same energetic patterning, and it's your duty to say okay, we meet again. How do we fucking clear this shit up this time around? Yes. Like, you have to take a proactive Aryan, very, very... That's that Chiron and Aryan. Yeah, you have to for be a champion for your own healing. You have to be your biggest advocate. And even if you're not, like, confident in other ways, and maybe you're lacking in other ways, like, the more you dedicate yourself to your work the more you're going to free up space for you to feel all of those good things and to know, you know what, I'm safe and I'm secured within myself and I protect those around me and I stand up for what's right and I don't accept certain energies in my realm anymore because I work that out of me and I no longer have to be faced with this energy. It no longer exists in my realm. And when you can do that, you allow an abundance of love just unconditional love and understanding you yeah you invite that in and like that's where the surrender comes from that's where pluto is just like surrender to the chaos you're going to be reborn like just let it happen let it happen and i have an interesting perspective on that that Mm -hmm. when i had this download it felt so weird because i understood it then i had to unpack it and then I understood more of it. Yes, of course. So if you've got these contracts with people, and because of energy that you've emitted in previous incarnations, you've built up karma. Let's look at it this way. Let's say when your souls are mm-hmm. like floating around, you just came out of, or maybe because it doesn't have to go in chronological order. No, it time doesn't. time is our construct. Time is our construct, right. Not, not the construct of the universe, so to speak. So let's say, okay, we're meeting up again for the first time since the last time we interacted. We came out of our previous incarnation. Yes. And I did something to you. Yes. Okay. And I need to learn what that felt like to you because I feel like that mirroring is you learning a lesson. And I have to experience something that makes me feel that way. Right. In order to reconcile all that energy. So, like, let's examine our relationship then, because if we can examine the energy of our relationship, then we can probably determine what happened previously, and we don't have to know precisely. There's no way to ever prove any of your intuitive thinking, 
you know, it, it really is just about the validation that you get. You can never really write a textbook proof of this this past life occurred because blah, 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 blah. Everyone oh, will yeah. say, you know, like, skeptics will call you whatever they want. So you know for yourself. You have to know for yourself and be secure in that knowledge and trust it and believe that other people don't know better than you. But something to keep in mind, too, yes. that, like, smacked me in the face, and I was like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let's say, like, me and her have wrapped up, like, some karma, mm-hmm. but we still have lessons to learn. Mm-hmm. And you go, you're my friend, my soul mm-hmm. friends. I'm going to help you learn these lessons. Let's say I need to know what it feels like to, like get abandoned like completely and your country fall apart or something like that mm-hmm. and you have to play the part that's the catalyst for that I want to give somebody everybody an interesting perspective number one you don't escape the consequences of your your actions you might die in this incarnation but it's going to catch up with you yeah right it follows you so if she says hey I'll be a part of your lesson and play the villain do you know what she's doing? It's actually a loving gesture. Think about this. She's accumulating karma. She's going to have to pay for it. For what I am getting to learn. And and it's all up to her to do so. So, like, souls... She chose that. Souls are, like, martyrs in essence, almost. They're just so pure that they're like, this is for your growth. I will sacrifice something or or you know, generate more karma for myself in order for you to learn that lesson. I remember one time, I I can't remember it verbatim, but I will, you know, paraphrase it to the best of my ability. There were um, little souls who went up to heaven, and of course this was more like they painted a picture of literal heaven, kind of, but, you know, (laughs) think about it without the imagery. So these little souls went up to heaven, and God asked the little soul what they you know what what they wanted to be and they're like well I want to be this and they're like well you already are that like no you you don't have to become that you already are and it, and it, it still didn't identify with it so God said all right well you're going to meet people who are going to teach you to know that you're love or know that you're empathetic or know that you're compassionate you're going to be faced with this this event that's going to either make you or break you. You either learn the lesson or you don't. And right. understand that you are love. So when you don't believe that you are love, you are going to be met with people who agree with that ideal. You're also going to meet people who don't agree with it. So you're going to meet people who build you up, who support you, who love you. But you're also going to have people who manipulate you, who they abuse you. They do these things for you because you forgot who you were. If you can't reconcile things down to their lowest common denominator you cause yourself so much needless suffering because we are trying to rationalize justify define and I mean it makes sense that's part of the human experience so let me not act like that's not important it is it it's is. very important but if you keep bucking the system <laughs> mm-hmm. so to speak and not working through things like some of those people that she were talking about that you would meet that had opposite understanding and were supposed to show you the opposite of what you were projecting yeah you know they exist for a reason and you can't necessarily because okay how do I put this 
There are people that I've met who will not deal with their trauma. <laughs> and it's not just me picking up on it. No. I have met people who will tell you, they may not use the phrase directly, I will not deal with my trauma. But as you get to know them and you hear what has traumatized them, and then you hear stuff like, we're not going to bring that up now. Like, <laughs> what's the point in that? Like when they're just like, when is there ever a good time to, to talk about the heavy shit? There's never a good time. Like, especially when other people's egos are are at play. There's never a good time to mention something. No. So, like, we have to just be brave and be like, you know what? I just, I have to get this out. And if it means that I lose people or if it means, you know, whatever, then so be it. But, like, I have to get this off of my conscience and... The more vulnerable we are willing to be and the more secure in ourselves that we become, we realize that other people only really hurt us if we perceive them as hurting us. Right. And of course, yes, if somebody like physically attacks you, that's not, you know, good. You're not going to take that. Right. You're you're not going to take it that way. But like, that's also a very karmic event. And you'll be like, all right, well, I probably did that to somebody or Maybe I, maybe I'm being violent towards myself, and somebody else's energy responded with a physical manifestation of There's that. There's a lot of reasons. It a, can yeah, yeah, a lot of outer abuse is due to inner abuse. So, in whatever form that comes in, we're not in charge of, and I can't, I can't tell you why the universe would create it that way. But what I can say is that that doesn't stop it from fucking happening. Yes, just like I keep trying (laughs) to tell people when they're like, I'm trying to get this. And I'm like, I constantly remind myself that the universe is responding to my vibration. It does not care if I'm thinking or feeling something I don't want. It does not care if I'm thinking or feeling something I do. It simply responds to that fucking vibration. it, it It is so detached from preference. Yes. Like... The universe does not give a fuck. It doesn't fuck. give a fuck. It's, it's up simply, to you. yeah, it, like it simply just gives. It it doesn't even see us as human beings because think of all the other beings that exist in this, you know, yes. universe. There's and you've the, probably been one of them too. And, and you've been one of them too. You've come from Many other, times. yeah, you've come from other star systems, other planets. Like the, we haven't always been human. Nope. But. I think being human has been one of the most traumatic experiences. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard down here. Like, it's it's hard down here. And it is a classroom. Like, the earth is a classroom. And not every class is good. Not everyone who goes to your school is positive. Some people bully you and abuse you. And, like, you know, think about that on, like, a grander scale. Not so literally about being in a school. But think of the earth as a school. Like, there are just people who are really shitty. Yeah. And and they all exist in the same place. But then there are also people who are really benevolent and kind and, and, uh, you know just full of love yes. and, and and compassion. You couldn't even appreciate those people and if you, the other people didn't exist. Yeah, and you wouldn't even be able to appreciate them. So, like, we just have to be grateful for our existence. And once we can do that, we can really start creating the things that we do want because we start moving from karma into dharma. Like, I've accepted my responsibility here. I honor it. I honor it, you know, I, I, I appreciate all the lessons that I had to learn in order to get to where I needed to be. Like, think of, you know, Hercules' 12 labors. Like, he had to do all that arduous, dangerous shit 
to become a god. You just tapped right into the current North Node and South Node themes with that. See? And I'm, I forget. So I'm not constantly aware of this. So whenever I say something, she's able to pinpoint where <laughs> that influence is coming from. Astrologically. And she, and she, she, cre- she creates the... I'm such an astro oppor- war. Yeah, but she creates <laughs> the opportunity for me to be like, holy shit, I am really tuned in. No, like, you're really fucking... That... Listen, I will say this about energy forever. It yeah. does not matter whether you're recognizing you're operating in it. it when you're operating happens. it, yeah, you're operating it's still in it. occurring. But knowing The hard what... labor. That's yes. the South Node in oh Capricorn oh, doing yes. the hard work. Yes. And then with Saturn conjunct it, that's you. Saturn is especially micromanaging. Like um, You've already done a lot of... There's not... To, I don't want to say in general that this is saying you've already done all your hard work, so... No, because it also works in opposite there. This, for a lot of people, is either you've done your hard work and now you need to be concentrating on what feels right. Yes. Or you've you haven't. been you haven't and it's been the opposite and you've been fucking around yeah because you got in your feelings and wasn't really in tune with the reality of the situation with neptune and pisces mm-hmm. and before it was moving retrograde i feel like i feel like there was like a giant like clouded bubble like placed over everything with neptune and pisces but when it moves retrograde those are opportunities that we get to have temporary like malfunctions so called to speak with neptune Mm -hmm. and then we can deal with the reality of things and i don't find it a coincidence she was just talking about like the hard labors but then the north node is in cancer that's a sense of feeling comfortable that's a sense of feeling nurtured at home a lot of people Within feel yourself. yes people are searching for their homes a lot of people don't realize it resides within and even some people that are in tune with their inner home mm-hmm. are still searching for some sense of comfort yes so this is a grand theme of this now we don't want to pull back too far into the south node energy but i always want people to remember the south node is here to help us reach the north node it's about how you use the energy so even in your own chart, wherever your north or your south node is, your south node is telling you about energy you've already perfected. You've been there, done that. So that's why that energy is so easy mm-hmm. for you to fall back on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even... It, it, you're used to it. Yeah. But that's not what you're here for. Your north mm-hmm. node is telling you, hey, looky here. <laughs> and in, yep. in general, where the north node, on a collective scale, still has that theme of cancerian essence yes mine is no yours is the opposite yes mine is the opposite my south node is in cancer and my north node is in capricorn but like even still that means i've been that super emotional wounded you know and you might have had too much comfort and i might have your family yeah i might have had too much comfort or like i always had it good but i still wasn't it was always probably maybe due to somebody else. I mean, we. I mean, think of how many years just on Earth where women didn't work. They didn't have their own money. You know, they were pretty much doomed to just be mothers or nuns. Like, that was our only option. And shout out to Jan Spiller's book, Astrology for the Soul. I'm telling you, listen, listen, I, I have this book in PDF form. If you really, 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 really want to look at it, especially after what I say, 
hit me up on the Spiritual Gangster Certified page and I'll make sure I give it to you. I will gift it to you. But anyway, Astrology for the Soul specifically talks about the North and South nodes in people's charts or what houses their nodes fall in. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you just said something and it, it made me think of something being as though it's cancer season. So, this cancer energy is opposing um, the Capricorn energy, but for anybody that has a south node in cancer, so it's the opposite of what's going on right now, themes are going to be affecting you differently. Like, I'm, I'll just put it to you like this. And Jan Spiller's book explains this, and it's like, whoa, a lot of times people with the south node in cancer had all the support and the family foundation got to be the mom and all that stuff, or have the cohesive family unit or be close to their family. They've been there, done that. It's not to say you're like doomed, like, oh, you can't have a close family situation, but this lifetime you're here to do the hard work. Mm-hmm. This stuff is activating you in an opposite way because of the way the energies are it, set up. It wants you to be your own support system. Yes, and build it. You gotta build yeah, that for yourself. Yeah, and like, and Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. My Saturn is in Aquarius in the fourth house. So that's all about foundations and being innovative with the way that I structure and and line up my life and how I build upon it and it wouldn't be traditional to. either. It wouldn't. It's not meant to be traditional because you know, they call them a tra- uh, Aquarian contrarians for a reason. Uh, and <laughs> Aquarian that's energy yeah. just wants to naturally be on the fringe, you know. And look at it like weather. I tell people this all the time. Learning astrology is about knowing a lot of different things. Thinking of elements working together and weather patterns also helps. She has got Aquarius energy in a water house. She's got air energy operating in a water house. Water works better with earth and air works better with fire. That's just how it is. So that's why fire signs and air signs will have stuff in common that they won't with other signs. And why earth and water signs, same thing. Yep. But when she has this air in the water house, it's like a hurricane. They, like, like seriously. <laughs> Those energies working with each other, if both volatile, mm-hmm. can complete something crazy. But at the same time, that same chaotic energy could also be looked at as innovative. And it doesn't have to be chaotic in, in, in a way that's like, oh my God, it damages everything I try yeah. to build. That's not what I mean. Just it no, destroys it, traditional it is constructs. Just, it's scattered and it's, yeah, and, and it, it destroys traditional constructs, like you said. And that, that Saturn disciplinarian sort of energy allows you to be like look at it so you know how to restructure how to rebuild right look and it's going to take a keen aquarian eye in order to be able to do that and i mean i think i'm beginning to embody that energy i'm definitely seeing where you know well, you are coming up on your Saturn return. Yes, I am. And I, I feel as if because I know about it. <laughs> and I feel the energy sped up, too. Like, I'm 28, and I already feel that energy coming. Like, I know that it's incoming. I don't know what part of me can sense, like, like energetic themes from years, mm-hmm. you know, out. But I always know kind of what I'm going to be tasked with, even if I don't really know it. Because I feel it in a distance. Just the sense of the energy on the horizon. Yes. And I wonder if that's because I'm a projector. I'm not really sure. Like, I'm not really sure. But it happens. 
it's like I can predict energetic trends almost like because you're helping to create them yeah and I'm helping to shed my light on those topics so mm. it's like it processes through me first and then I'm able to elaborate on it and then I bring it to everybody else because I usually don't talk about things that like the majority talk about right I'm right. always discussing something that's more taboo so yeah it's it's and you have to be brave to want to do that you you have to be willing to see the shit in order to be able to discuss the things that are going to be coming up because not everything is going to be pretty not at all not at all and mm -hmm. you know what also adds to a theme another plutonian theme in this whole full moon energy mm -hmm. is this eighth house activity because the eighth uh, house is a pluto house okay because yeah. it's scorpio energy listen the sun at 24 degrees is there conjunct the current vertex conjunct Mercury. Now, Mercury is at one degree of Leo moving retrograde. So it's moving back closer to the sun. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mars is at nine degrees Leo. And okay, just speaking about Mercury and Mars, we have to remember we're talking about the eighth house where this energy is sitting. And then that's a Scorpio house. And yes, Pluto rules Scorpio. So we're going back to all those Plutonian themes that I was talking about earlier. But the ancient ruler of Scorpio was Mars. So Mars is over here having a fucking blast. <laughs> Mars is like, let's go. And it's in Leo. It's in a fixed fire sign. It's stubborn. And when it go, it, it's going. Okay? Yeah. It, when it's made up its mind, it's going. But... And it's touching on Mercury, which is retrograde. So, listen. Listen, people. More Plutonian themes. Now we're throwing Mars in there. It's like water on fire, okay? Just, I want you to think of water just on fire. The entire push that I keep talking about to transforming your self-worth and everything and see things for everything that we're talking about still comes down to your will and ability with this Mars energy and with the Mercury, Mercury's pushing some of these things that passionately have to come up. Yes. Just projecting them. Remember we said you're not going to be able to ignore them because of this Plutonian working with the moon energy. But then on top of that, you've got this inner push. The eighth house is that shit we hide it's the undercurrent, the real, like, murky shit. Yeah. It's different than the 12th. They're similar, but you can come out of that murkiness anew. Yes. From the 8th house. So you're being projected with the Mars energy, that aggression to push you forward. It, it, it's your inner warrior calling to you, and it's either you understand that the battle is really to be fought within yourself. Right. Or you understand that you're just going to continue to project that energy outward and fight outwardly and still evading everything that lives within. You so, <laughs> can speak on your secrets now because they're going to come up for you they're whether you coming speak on up, up or so not. Like, if you self-sabotage and you're jealous of other people and you create drama and you're always starting problems and, you know, maybe your relationship to sex is unhealthy and maybe you have obsessions and compulsive and deviances and maybe you are just not of purity. Hmm. Well, Pluto's like, yeah, learn it. Learn it. Okay, learn it because you're not happy there. You're distorting yourself into believing you're happy there. 
you're not happy there. And that distortion will not always serve the greater good. You are meant to transform. You are meant to transform. It's your choice whether or not you actually do it. The water's getting lit on fire right now, y'all. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, <clears throat> it's going to heat up. Things are going to bubble to the surface because of this heat. You either work with the energy present in the universe and take the path of least resistance, or you tell yourself you're going to buck against it. See, if you don't know what's going on, that's one thing. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know the energy that the universe is supporting. It is supporting healing, seeing things how they are, restructuring how we value ourselves, taking the blessings that that will give us internally and doing something with it so that in our relationships with other people, we do not wind up feeling like we're not getting what we're worth or Inadequate, what makes us feel comfortable. An yes. afterthought, a pin cushion, you know, a punching bag. Like, we feel that way with at least every person we know. There's some, some sort of manipulation or taking advantage of that's like that's why we keep like our family at a distance that's why we keep even sometimes our best friends we keep them at a distance because it's like whoa I don't want to deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with and I just don't I can't read my own energy enough to tell you that like I I can't yeah like I cannot carry your stuff right now i don't even know what's going on with me what's activating this energy too and i can't believe i forgot to say this uranus is activating this energy uranus and taurus right now is squaring mars it's squaring mercury not as closely but it's squaring it yo (laughs) yo uranus is like try something new and that that energy where it's like no i'm a fighter and no i'm i'm you know of the darkness it's like why the fuck would i want to try something new someone out there needs (laughs) to hear this right now listen first of all uranus is in taurus being pushed out of your comfort zone sudden changes squaring up fighting with mars that's eruptions of anger about these deeper things that you hide because this is going on in the 8th house. And it's very forceful energy. It's very forceful and domineering. And Mercury's in retrograde, so you've already been kind of connected to this mentally in some way, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. So it's like all this energy, and it's being stubborn, so maybe you feel like... like the torturer. Like, it's showing you... It's showing you all the things you don't want to see and bringing you to these experiences that are, like, traumatic. If you use this Leo energy wrong in the 8th house and use it to be stubborn and to continue to hold the things in with fervor, mm-hmm. when <laughs> it's interacting with Uranus, which is like, nope, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So, uh, y'all, y'all. Uranus wants to... What is it? It, it? it spins on its side, doesn't it? So Uranus wants to flip things on its side, on its head, and turn it upside of. down. Yeah, do it different. Like, be different. And Since you're getting forced to be different with how you're you You're getting that shit forced in. to be different with how you process yourself, your surroundings. Um, Even your own psychology. And your own, yeah. And the way that you, the way that you react, respond the way that you perceive things like is the way that i see things the only way to see it can i possibly be the only one who's right um no no sorry 
It doesn't but work no, like that. it does not work that way. It does not work that way. No. No, what so. we're going to do is take a small break and come back and pull cards. Y'all yes. stay motherfucking tuned. Yes, we curse here. It's fun. <laughs> if you don't do Pluto it. Pluto approves. Yes, if you don't do it every once in a while, I don't know how you get through the rough patch. I don't know either. It's lovely to say fuck. It, it? it really is. Okay. It really is. I thought it was just me. I'm glad it's not. But nope. we'll see y'all back in a flash. Yeah. So, hey, because of technical difficulties, I'm linking the card pull for the full moon lunar eclipse in Capricorn with the Renaissance mystic that we did live on the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Facebook page in the description of this episode. So if you would like to listen to that, please um, click the link and you can view that video and that card pull in its entirety. And this last segment, this episode, just issuing a trigger warning. If you are triggered by talk of sexual abuse, um, just wanted to let you know that that segment will be containing a talk about it. So if you feel so inclined, please stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Um, This is going to be kind of a different tone for an episode of the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast. This is a heavy theme. I'm just going to issue a trigger warning right away um, for anyone who has experienced sexual abuse. I don't want to upset anyone. However, I feel as though there's a lot that has to be spoken on in this subject. And this is a time frame. This is the time of the year where we're dealing with themes of family, um, feeling comfortable, nurtured, and there's just been too much going on around me for me to stay quiet any longer about this subject. Um, If you do feel that you will be triggered by listening to me talking about sexual abuse, I will respect and understand you not continuing to listen to this segment. However, um, for those of you who will continue to listen to this, I do appreciate you and just know that all of this comes with an extremely heavy heart on my end of things. Now, um, let me first start off by saying that I've realized how hard it is for people to deal with trauma in general and that childhood trauma specifically can feel even more difficult to deal with to the point where if you bury it If you push it down, it remains with you throughout your adulthood. And I say this all the time on the podcast that wherever the sun is, it is shining a light on the themes of the sign that it's in. Cancer energy is about mothering, nurturing, home, your surroundings in the home that you came from and the home that you will build. 
your relationship with women, things of that nature. And I'm just (laughs) going to be really candid on this episode. Now, I want to start off by telling everybody, I myself have experienced sexual abuse and rape. The first occurrence of this in my lifetime was when I was eight years old. At the time, my parents were divorced and we used to go to my biological father's house every other weekend and I believe he had us for like six weeks or so in the summer. When I was eight years old, I was kind of a quiet kid. I was in gifted classes. I adored reading. I was not what you would consider an outdoor child. Like, I just would prefer to be lost in a book somewhere than outside. And when we were going to visit, and I say we because my younger sister, who was three years younger than me at the time, when we were going to visit my father, he was in a new relationship with a woman who had, I think he was a 16 or 17 year old son. Now this son didn't always wind up being like at the house or the apartment that they were in because there were a couple of different places they lived around this time frame, apartment, a house. It was cause he went to like a school where you, you know, you go and you actually like stay on campus. But sometimes he would be there. Matter of fact, I remember the first time that I went to Disney World was because my biological father and his girlfriend took me and my sister. Um, They also took her son. Well, and I'm sorry, it's not even really that this is hard for me to talk about. I have found that in my healing, the easier I can express the things that have happened to me, um, the more I've known that I've, you know, healed. But the reason this is so hard for me now is within the past couple of weeks, as well as the past couple of years, I have met and befriended more and more young ladies in particular, a few men who have experienced sexual abuse. And I feel like my empathy for them is at an all-time high. I'm really in my feelings about this. Not even about my own abuse. I've come to terms with that, but I want to talk about that a little bit. But just talking about this subject at all is... It's difficult, but I feel like it's necessary. But anyway, back to my story. Now, I didn't study astrology until I was 32 years old. So there were a lot of things that I did not understand about myself as a child that are now a lot clearer to me. I would have considered myself introverted years ago, but um, upon studying my chart, I am really good with people. My Libra rising is the strongest point in my chart, and it's conjunct Pluto. Um, but I'm a Pisces sun and a Capricorn moon. I have realized that my entire life, the theme of kind of like burying emotions and not really dealing with them has been present. My son, 
which is in the sixth house, also opposes the ruler of my moon, which is Saturn in Virgo, retrograde in the twelfth house. I have always felt like there was like a mini parent sitting on my shoulder, um, kind of having a conversation with me, urging me to be responsible, urging me to like kind of restrict myself in some ways. But being the kid that would rather bury their nose in a book as opposed to go outside and running and playing, I really connected well with, you know, indoor activities, especially like Saturday morning cartoons. Now, visiting my dad, my dad became or was the person when I was younger who I spent a lot of time with. He stayed home with me. I was really, really close to him. Now, when we would visit him on the weekends, we weren't always in his charge or in his presence. I... I remember... getting molested from the standpoint of when I finally talked about it. If this sounds crazy to people... I really don't know another way to explain it to you. I remember after it happened and while it was happening as an eight-year-old, I couldn't really process what was going on. Um, I've talked to other sexual abuse victims and, you know, you're confused at that age, especially if what the person is doing to you feels good. I mean, your body seems like it's portraying you. I knew that what was happening to me was wrong. I just didn't understand why it was happening and got really shell-shocked and frozen about it. Now, just to give some background, this happened when I was eight, but I didn't speak up about it until I was 16 years old. When I was 16 years old, I went to an all-girls Catholic school and Women Against Rape had come into our theology class for a presentation. Prior to them showing a video, they were explaining to us, you know, their purpose, why women against rape existed, how they were going to back women, and their goal was to give victims a voice. Now, I was okay at the beginning of their presentation. I was fine. However, I remember the teacher rolled in a television and a VCR and they started to play a video. Now at the beginning of this video, the camera kind of panned in on a television set with static. And it was at that moment that I literally felt like I was being transported back in time from being 16 years old to being eight years old. What triggered this for me was the fact that the morning that I was first molested, I was woken up by my dad's girlfriend's son. The night before, he had said, hey, you want to get up early and watch cartoons? And anybody that knew me when I was little knew that was my thing to do. I believe at like 5 or 5.30 in the morning, like, um, not Captain Kangaroo, what was his name? Captain Noah would come on then courageous cat and minute mouse i mean it's a lot different back in the 80s um you know that's what would start your saturday morning 
we got up really, really early to watch things. So asking me, did I want to be woken up to watch cartoons? I mean, hey, yeah, that's what I did. Well, um, my abuser woke me up well before the time that we would normally watch cartoons. And he turned on the floor model television set and it was staticky. Now, that is the very thing that triggered me when I was watching this video in class at 16 years old. And I had a full on post-traumatic stress episode, a full on panic attack. And I started remembering exactly what happened. Now, I'm not going to get into too much detail just because it's triggering for me and I don't I don't really think that the details are as important as the point that I'm trying to make I remember days after being molested feeling like I was going to get in trouble somehow like I had done something wrong someone was going to find out My abuser didn't necessarily threaten me in the regular way, just said this had to be a secret. Now, what I didn't realize while that was going on was that the abuser was also going to try my sister. I don't know why this didn't occur to me at eight, but then again, I was eight. Why am I expecting? There's my Saturn showing up. (laughs) The little adult, my Capricorn moon. But my sister weeks later approached me and said such and such is touching me now this is when we were back home being back home with my mom having my sister tell me this I can distinctly remember at 8 years old feeling like I let my sister down I can distinctly remember at eight years old feeling like it was my fault that this happened to her because I didn't say anything. But despite me feeling that way, I was the person who took my sister to my mom, who went and talked to my mom and said, repeated what my sister had said to me. I do remember being asked if anything had happened to me. And to this day, I can't understand why at that time I didn't just say yes. I said no. I think my focus was entirely on my five-year-old sister. So flash forward to me being a 16-year-old in class, having this flashback. I I do feel as if I know people say sometimes you repress and suppress memories and things of that nature. I don't necessarily want to say I suppressed or repressed memories because it's not as if I wasn't still aware every waking day of my life up until that point of what had happened to me. It's just, it was like tucked away in like a recess of my mind. And the triggering that happened for me gave me the courage to finally speak up. So... I'm having this full-on panic attack. I'm trying my best to hide it. I don't want the people around me to notice. I'm feeling like if anybody did notice, 
you know, that, that was just bringing me more panic. Cause I'm like, I'm going to have to explain what's going on. And I, I really didn't think I was ready for that, but they passed around a survey in class, you know, and I guess this was to encourage anybody who had in fact experienced any molestation to, or rape to speak up. So I filled out the paper and said, you know, something had happened to me and I wanted to talk about it. And we passed the papers up. And I remember like a couple days later, I got called down to the counselor's office at my school. And, you know, encouraged, was encouraged at that point to talk to somebody. Um, I do remember my mother being extraordinarily surprised given, you know, given she had asked what had happened or if anything had happened to me when I was eight. But she wasn't angry. It was more like, you know, she was just really concerned and a little hurt that I hadn't said anything. But I then started going to counseling after that and began to unpack what happened to me But I was still carrying around something that didn't really, like, lift off of my shoulders until recently. What I was carrying around was this guilt. This guilt that my sister would probably not have been molested if I had opened my mouth the moment something happened to me. I made a decision when I was eight years old. A decision at eight years old. That I hadn't protected my sister and I would never not protect her again. Now, I carried that with me throughout years, feeling like I failed my sister. It affected my relationship with her. Either I I would live at extremes, either I would do too much or I wouldn't do enough. That's how it would go. But, um... Fast forward back to where we are in the present. I have so many connections with so many wonderful people that have similar stories to me. The difference is, in a lot of these people that I know, they didn't have someone being supportive of them coming out saying what happened to them. In the past couple weeks, it's come to my attention that another family member of mine was molested by another family member of mine, that several friends have been molested by their family members, and what is extremely clear to me is not just my disgust knowing that this is a widespread problem but my disgust in the way it's being handled by people's families there is an extraordinarily huge issue when it comes to people believing victims there is a problem with people believing victims in general, just out there in the world. 
But I can't imagine anything that feels worse than when your own family refuses to believe something. Now, I don't want to put any of the people who have told me about the things occurring, I want to put them on blast. I don't want to put them on blast at all. But I do want to share something hoping that it will help others. And I'm going to do it in the best way possible. If you speak your truth about something that has happened to you, you have every right not only to speak said truth, but to be heard. If anyone tries to deny your truth, bully you, make you defend yourself when you're a victim and not the person that actually did the heinous act, I need you to understand something. This is occurring in my own family right now. A family member that I grew up very close to, considered a brother, raped one of my other family members. This happened 20 years ago. The victim is just getting to the point where they're able to let this truth out. And the reason that they didn't let the truth out before was because they felt they'd be hurting someone if they did. They'd be besmirching a reputation. There were so many people that she considered before even considering herself. And now, 20-some years later, when she's decided enough is enough, I'm not holding anybody's secrets anymore, I'm not going to silence myself anymore, I'm not going to further traumatize myself anymore by pretending like nothing happened. Now that she's letting this out, she's not being believed. She is being asked to defend herself against the person that did this to her. She is being asked to explain herself. She's been told flat <laughs> flat out by my family hey, I don't believe you, but hey, come to this meeting and, you know, face the person that you're accusing. What? Listen, people. I know this is like a very personal thing and I usually speak more on a collective level about astrology, about other things, etc., etc. But this hits so close to home and other people are experiencing the same thing. So I had to say something. You are not, you are not required to jump to the demands of others who flat out don't even believe you. You deserve healing. You deserve peace. You do not You do not, I repeat, do not have to be bullied into defending yourself. What is happening in my own family is disgusting. Yes, I get that people don't want to think that their brother, uncle, father, etc. could be capable of such a heinous act. 
But at the same time, I don't understand how people's families could automatically brand their sister, daughter, niece, cousin as a liar just because they don't want to even remotely imagine that such a thing could happen. If you are holding on to a truth because you're scared of fallout for your, from your family, I have this to say. We don't necessarily know how people are going to react, but don't let that be the reason that you stay silent another day. I am here. There are others like me here to support you, even if your own family won't. And if you've already spoken your truth and have received blowback from your family, I want you to know I'm sending you all the healing love and light that I could possibly muster. All of that your way. Because being in the midst of a situation like this, it's it's mind-blowing and mind-boggling. This is a season where we concentrate on family. This is a season where we concentrate on nurturing. This is a season where we concentrate on how we're comfortable, what feels like home, and what makes us feel safe. If anyone has made you feel unsafe, it is okay to speak up about it. If anybody has made you feel uncomfortable, it is okay to speak about it. If anyone has violated your comfort and your trust, it is okay to speak about it. I don't want anybody to feel like the opinions of other people should dictate them telling the truth and walking closer to their healing. There will be people who will stand in front of it and try to deny what you're saying. And I understand that because people make accusations all the time that aren't true. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when something absolutely positively happened. Do not, do not hold back. Tell your truth. Say your truth. And if people don't want to hear it, Well, then they're not able to handle the truth. But just know you have a community of people who know what that feels like and who will be there to support you. If you've been the victim of sexual abuse, molestation, or rape, no matter what age you were, and you need somebody to talk to, you feel like you have no one to turn to, I want you to send me a message on the Spiritual Gangsta Certified page. I'll be there for you. I refuse. Refuse. To allow one person who is carrying around a world of hurt. To continue to carry it alone. I love you. And I pray for your healing. Thank you so much for listening. And love and light to you all.